0: We will be learning the sechen and the seches perek zayin on Parshas Paro. Parshas will be read this Shabbos in Merzah Hashem, and of course it deals with a tahara, with the purification process that comes from the ashes of the paraduma. That is necessary for a person before they enter the beis hamikdash or come to bring a carbon or anything of that nature. And we read it this Shabbos, and next Shabbos we read Parshas HaChodesh, which is, of course, connected to Rosh Chodesh Nisan and the Karban Pesach and the story of, that leads to Geula from Mitzrayim. So the Gemara tells us that really Parshas HaChodesh should come before Parshas Pura, because on the first day of Nisan, Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the Mishkan was set up. And only on the second day, was the Paraduma burned? So, why is it that we read the story of the Paraduma first? And the words the Gemara uses is, Shehitaharassam shall call Yisroel. The Paraduma deals with the purification of all of B'nai Yisroel, ko Yisroel, of every single Jew. In other words, first we read Parshas Parah, because we have to indicate to the Jewish people that they have to become pure. Before they could really deal with the carbon Pesach, which has to be done betarah, so that's why Parsha Para comes first, and Parsha Achodosh comes second. Even though chronologically, the Paraduma was burned after the setting up of the Mishkan, which was on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. If we think about this lashon, we begin to understand that the Paraduma and the Tara that it brings has a connection to every single yid. And that's why we have the Takana, that the injunction that we read the Parsha of Porah, reading from the Torah, Kriya is something that applies to Kol Bnei Yisrael, to every single Yid without exception. And that's why we read it before Parsha Sachodesh, because this para, Aduma, is representing the Tarah, the purification of all Yid. So now we have to try to understand something. As far as we all know, the need to become Tahr, to become pure from Thomas Meis is connected to bringing a karban. And regarding the karban Pesach, it's connected only to those who are impure to a dead body. But what does it mean when it says it's connected to all yidden? As a matter of fact, we have another rule that when the majority of the Jewish people are tomei le impure to a dead body, we don't even do the paraduma Duma because we want the people to bring the carbon Pesach. And when the whole Jewish community is not pure, we bring the carbon Pesach B'Tuma if it's not possible to become Tahar. So why now are we indicating that all of the Jewish people, and normally we follow the rule of the majority, not those few who may be impure, why would we read Parsha's Parah before parsha HaChodesh Indicating that this tara that the paraduma brings is the is the tara required for all Jews when really parsha zachodesh should come first. So here we know, that we must say that if we say that the paraduma is the tara of all the Jewish people, it doesn't mean only the literal tara of a person who became Tomei and now has to be pure, which has to do with individuals but we're speaking about a kind of Torah that relates to Kol Yisroel. And because it relates to all of the Jewish people, all of we have to learn about the Paraduma, and only through this can we even be prepared and ready for the reading of Parsha Sachodesh for the Indian of Karbon Pesach. So now we have to understand what is this all about? What is really the mitzvah of paraduma, that this paraduma, which is meant to purify those who are impure to a mace, is now necessary for all of the Jewish people when the majority of them are not tamay Mace at all. So now let's see what is really the essence of paraduma. What is this mitzvah? So if we look it up in the Sefer Amistus of the Rambam, which the Rebbe brings here. So the Rambam says, what is the mitzvah of paraduma? To make a para duma so that yihya afra mezuman elav letaras tomas The mitzvah is to prepare this para so that the ashes of this para would be ready, would be available to any of those who have to become pure as a result of tomas meis. So obviously, it's not only that the intent of the mitzvah is to use the ashes at the time of need when an individual is lames and has to become pure. But rather the ashes, there is an Indian in the mitzvah that the ashes, ashes initially have to be ready and available at all times for any Jew who would need it. Therefore, we see over here that there is always a need for a kind of a Tara that Any Jew who needs will always have it available. And the Rambam adds to this, the pasuk in the Torah that tells us that when we have these ashes, it has to be available to us in a guarded place. It's something that we need to have always. It must be prepared earlier. Shamor, it must be kept so that any Jew from any one of the Jewish people or all the Jewish people who may need it in case they need it, it should be available. So this is a very interesting thing, because what is this idea of being impure to a mace? And when does one have to be concerned with becoming pure? So we all know that there is really no obligation generally for a yid to become pure from Thomas Mace. We know that it is necessary before shalosh rigolim because all the yidn have to go to the base Amikdash. And we know that before you go to the Beis Hamikdash, you have to purify yourself. So then it would apply only to those who have the, who have the obligation to go to the Beis Hamikdash. And it would not include anyone who doesn't have to go to the Beis Hamikdash. If somebody is living outside of the land, if somebody doesn't own any property in Eris Yisrael, they don't have the obligation to go to Aliyah Laregel they don't have the obligation to bring the Karbon Pesach, and therefore they don't have the obligation to make themselves pure before the Yontif. If that's the case, and we know that the ashes of the Paraduma have to be ready, they have to be readily available for anyone who needs them to become pure from Thomas Meis, not only those individuals who have an obligation from the Torah to become pure from Thomas Meis, but any Jew who may want to become pure from Thomas Mace but is not obligated because he wants to go to the Beis Amikdosh, if one has the desire to go to the, be- to the Beis Amikdosh, and one wants to become Torah for the Paraduma, but is not obligated, according to how the Rambam explains the mitzvah, it has to be available for that person as well, so that anyone who at any time, even if it's not obligatory, wants to become pure, he'll have that opportunity. Not only the Rambam says this in his Sefer Hamitsvos, but Rebsad Gaon, from the time of the Gaonim, who preceded the Rambam, who has his own Sefer Hamitsvas, he writes that the mitzvah of Paraduma is Upara La mishmeres That the ashes of Paraduma have to be muchan, have to be ready constantly. They, there always has to be ash available from the Paraduma. So there are those who explained this, meaning that not only is it that we have to have part of the ashes that the Jewish people that should be ready for them to be sprinkled, but part of these ashes were kept in the chil, in the area that was set aside for them by the area of the base Hamikdash. And it's referring to that this is what it is that has to be stored there at all times. And he indicates that it seems specifically this part of the ashes because we learned that the ashes of the Paraduma were kept in three different places and from one of the places they would use to spray on the Jewish people who needed it the other place was a place of storage, etc. And that's why, and he bases this on the pasuk that says, that it's something that's there to be stored and kept by the Jewish people. And from here, Chachamim learn that it is important to store a part of the ashes of every single paraduma that's ever made in this part of the Beis Hamikdash, that's called the hill. So what do we see over here that the mitzvah of paraduma in general, according to the Yagon, is indicated to relate to the part that stays in the hill. That's the part that one that relates to all Jews now. In other words, how can it be that we have a mitzvah and the main part of the mitzvah is to make people pure, but really, according to this, the main part of the mitzvah is not the part that's used from the, that's kept to, spri- to sprinkle on the people who are who are tamaylameis, but it really relates to the fact that the part that stays in storage, that has to always be there. And therefore the Chachamim explain that they would take some of the ashes that were stored in the hill and they would sprinkle it on the Kohen gadol before Yom Kippur. And also whenever they would have to make a new paraduma. So in other words, according to what we just learned over here, it would seem that this mitzvah that of the ashes that stayed in the hill is not used maybe for all Jews, but it's specifically stored for the Kohen gadol before Yom Kippur. And for a new paraduma, and this seems to be the main part of the mitzvah paraduma, because regarding all of the Jewish people and even regular kohanim, there is no obligation as individuals for them to be Kar at all times. Only the kohen Godol, because only the kohen Godol can do the avoda of yom kippur. So for the Kohen Godel, there is an a- absolute obligation that the ashes of the paraduma must be sprinkled on him before he does this avoda, And the real obligation of this mitzvah, of the paraduma, of its ashes, would relate to the part that's stored in the chil and not to the other part. But really, we have to look into this because when we say the words that the para is meant, the ashes are meant to be stored for always, constantly, and consistently, it only shows us what about the mitzvah? That part of the mitzvah is, that part of it has to be stored, but it doesn't explain to us what is the essence of the mitzvah. Because even if we say that the mitzvah of this part is not related to the fact that the ashes are always being kept, but the fact that these ashes that are being kept get sprinkled on the Kohen Godol, And this is not done very frequently. This is only done very intermittently, several times before Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is only once a year. And when a new paraduma is made, how many times did we have a new paraduma? So we learn in other places that from the time of Moshe Rabbeinu until the last paraduma was made, it was only eight times. So it's very difficult to say that there is a positive mitzvah of the Torah that applies to uh I, I'm sorry. There is a mitzvah of the Torah that applies to all Kohanim, that they have an obligation to do their avodah, to do their service in the Beis Hamikdash every single day. And when an individual Kohen does this, he is doing a mitzvah saseh. And we know that Kohanim have a special quality that they don't delay the mitzvahs they have to do. They are considered zrizim. They are very diligent and they rush to do the mitzvahs. They rush to do avodah, even when it requires mesirous nefesh. So we obviously see that for them to be able to do their avodah, they would absolutely need to be sprayed with the paraduma, with the ashes of the paraduma, before they did the avodah. So why do did we just indicate, according to the way Chachamim explained the mitzvah, according to Repsad Yagon, that it would only be related to the part that's kept in the chil, that's only put on the Kohen gadol, which is so seldom, whereas by the Kohanim, it would be necessary all of the time. So now the Rebbe is going to explain that if we look at it the other way, when Rav Sadio-Gon says Ghosn says, he's really saying similar, a similar thing to what the Rambam says, that the main point of the Mitzvah of Paraduma is, that the ashes of the Paraduma should always be available, Tamid, always, to anyone who needs to be Tahar from Thomas Meis, and it has to be always kept for that purpose. So really, we don't have any more of a difficulty when we learn the teaching of Repsadia, that it has to be L'mishmeres, which Chachamim explained means mean that it's the part that's kept specifically in the khil of the Beis HaMikdash and not really used. But if we go according to the pshat of the pasuk, not this russia that we learned from the what do we learn when it says in the pasuk that the ashes of the Paraduma should be for all of the Jewish people, la'adas b'nei Yisro, lemish something that is stored and kept from them. It refers to all of the ashes and has to be ready, have to be ready, lemish e anyone who absolutely needs them. And when we say anyone who, who needs it, it includes everyone. It includes all the Jews who need it. And of course, it would also include the Kohen Gadol, who at certain times would need it, as we said before, seldom intervals, but before Yom Kippur every year, and only when a new paraduma is made, which was not often at all. And this we see also from the Rambam, when the Rambam says, In the midst of Paraduma, he says the expression, we started the sikha with this, that the ashes of the Paraduma should always be readily available. And he bases it on the posuk and the chumash that says that it should be for the B'nai Yisrael, a mishmerah, something which they keep, something which they store. And the portion that is used actually, not for storage but for spraying it is also included in other words it's always available for anyone who needs it now we have to try to understand why is this so important that we for all jews that we say that they need it at any time that it's necessary why does it always have to be available so now we're going to try to understand what is this mitzvah of Para Aduma really? We all know that every mitzvah that we have in the Torah that we do right here down on this world with real concrete things and real concrete people is really sourced, is really coming, is really flowing from something much higher. So the Rebbe is going to explain to us if we understand what Para Adumma represents spiritually. Then of course we will be able to understand what is really the lesson of Paraduma that we say that we have to read it before we talk about the carbon Pesach and Parsha Sachodesh, that it's necessary for the Torah of Kol Yisroel. Everything we said so far indicates that no matter if we're talking about the Kohen Gadol or the regular Kohanim or an individual Jew who becomes tamei, it doesn't seem to apply to everyone at a given time. So what does it mean? Why does the Torah say this? Why do the Chachamim explain it like this? So now let's see. When it says that the ashes have to be available to anyone who needs it, this we're going now to the realm of Ruchnius, because when we come to serve Hashem in Ruchnius, not Begashmius, the fact that it has to be there always for every single Jew refers to something in the avodah of every Jew that has to be always available for every single Jew at any time that the Jew should end up the way he or she is supposed to be. So how does the Rebbe explain this? What is really the idea of the paraduma? And we learned that in essence, the idea of the paraduma, the idea behind it, the essence of it is the mitzvah of tshuva. What does paraduma have to do with tshuva? So we say that paraduma comes to make pure. Anyone who becomes impure from a body of a dead human being, a body of a human being who has passed away. Just like we have on this earth, Islam, the idea of death and the body without the neshama causes impurity. We have a similar kind of idea from which this idea comes from initially we have the idea of Tumas mace in Ruhni spiritually. What happens? When we do an Aveira, we learn from Pesuk, Apostle Ken Novi. What is it that could separate a Yit from Hashem? So in the Navi Yishayi, we learn, hayu What is it that separates you from Hashem? Sins. What does that mean? So we go, if we look in Chumsh Dvarim, we learn a posuk that says, a very famous posuk, everybody knows it. Moshe says to the Yidna, the 40th year in the Midbar, they should always remember, when they go in Eretz Yisrael, that those of you who cleave to Hashem, Chayim Kolchem Hayom. You are all alive today. By doing mitzvot, we have real life, eternal life. Godly life, we are connected, we are cleaving to Hashem through the doing of mitzvot. If, God forbid, we don't do the mitzvot, then we have the opposite of connection to Hashem. And that is a really terrible thing. It's the opposite of spiritual life. So there is a paraduma that is able to make one pure from this absence of life, from being in contact with the absence of life. And this, of course, is through the mitzvah of tshuva, and in the Rebbe's words, what is the idea of tshuva? it purifies the yid, shuv and it reconnects him once again to his root and to his source in the Living God. As a matter of fact, when we learned the story of Paraduma in Chumash and Parshas Chukas. Rashi brings there the Maimar Chazal that uh, the Para Duma is coming to be Mechaper for the sin of the Egel. The Egel, which was a terrible Avera and was the source of all future things that are not good for the, for the Jewish people and all sorts of sins that were done later and all sorts of results that were not positive. So this, uh, this was a calf. Therefore, the Para, which is the female, the grown cow of this agel should come and be mechaper for what the sin of the calf represented. So the sin of the calf represented a disconnection from Hashem as a result of sins that come from the sin of the golden calf, which is the source of all sins, as we said. Therefore, if we look carefully again at what the paraduma is all about, we actually see two things that seem to be polar opposites, diametrically opposed to each other. What is paraduma? So we just learned. What does it do? The para, me mitomas, mace. Para makes one uh, pure from tomas, mace. Now how does this happen? So let's see how we do the paraduma. All the preparation of the paraduma is done outside. It is not done in the area where things are normally done with karbonos. It is not done in the Azara. It is not done anywhere by the beis Hamikdash. It is done chus l'shalosh machanos. We know that there was the area for the Kohanim, and we know that there was the area for the Levim, and we know that, tum, that the Paraduma was prepared outside any of the camps where the Jewish people were. Unlike all other sacrifices that were done with the animals, they were all done inside, inside here, meaning inside the courtyard of the Beis HaMikdash, not outside the walls of the Azura. So that shows that it deals with something that's outside, outside of the Kedusha. On the other hand, when the Kohen would sprinkle the ashes on the person who was Tomei, the pasuk says it had to be no hapnei ohelmoei facing directly and the direct directly the Mishkan, directed straight at the Mishkan. Why? So we learn because at that point, when the blood is being sprinkled, the person would be able to see the door of the Mishkan or the door of the Beis HaMikdash. And that is the opposite of Chutz. So it's prepared outside, but the direction that the kohen is looking at when he is praying is in the direction of the inner sanctum of the beis hamikdash. Now we're saying that the paraduma begashmius in the regular daily experience is coming to take away the impurity of Thomas Meis. In ruchnius, it's representing tshuva, which is taking away the disconnection that a yid may have with Hashem. So what hap- what really happens when we do tshuva? Also, two opposite things. What is tshuva? Tshuva is a deed, an act that atones for and purifies and cleanses the outside, the chutz. Anything which is outside of all the camps of the Yidden, anything that's outside of holiness and of Yiddishkeit, that is what tshuva is coming to, to rectify and to uplift. It's able to atone for all kinds of sins, even the worst sins that are called donos, sins that are done deliberately, not by mistake or not by lack of knowledge, but the deliberate sins. And these averos are the lowest kinds of sins. They come from the three, from the absolute essence of klipa, the worst kind and other other kinds of averos one can atone for with carbonos, but for this kind of an avera it's not going to help so what makes it possible to atone for these kinds of sins which are sins that are outside all realms of camps of hidden outside all realms of kedusha how can one atone for something that has fallen so low it has to come from a source that's not outside but a source that comes from the inside, that's able to take something that has gone so low and come from so high and brought it so low. So what really happens when a a Jew does tshuva? So here the Rebbe indicates, refers to a certain very famous medrash, where the medrash tells us about a discussion of what should be the punishment for a sinner and there are different types of answers. One answer is the sinner should be punished. One answer is the sinner should be pursued by terrible things. One answer is the person should die. But according to the answer of Torah, what does Torah say? What does Hashem say? What should be the solution to one who has sinned so deeply and so deliberately this person should do tshuva. And by doing tshuva, there will be atonement. Because tshuva is uh, something that is even higher than what could be accomplished by a karban, which can take care of the person who sincerely repents and then is able to bring the karban and everything is good. So now let's try to see how this relates to all Yidin. We started out by saying that the Paraduma, the story of Paraduma is read even before the story of Parsha Sachodesh, And that is because it has it relates to the Tara of all Yidin. We just spoke about the Paraduma in Ruchnius representing the Indian of Chuva. And Chuva, we know, is for those people who do things wrong. But where does a person who doesn't sin, where does a righteous person fit in? Because once we say Yitzvratah HaRosson, Kol Yisrael, it means everyone. And when we mean everyone, there is no exception. Sir the Rebbe is going to explain that even though at first we may think that this idea of tshuva is only for a person who did something terrible, and therefore he needs to have the paraduma, which is done outside, but what about a person who lives a good, normal life? Hashem made a person to be straight, to be right, to be good, to go on the right path, like a tzaddik. So what does the tzaddik have to do with the paraduma? Because even the tzaddik is included when we speak about the paraduma as necessary to be metair all of the Jewish people. So here the Rebbe explains. The truth is, that a tzaddik also has to do tshuva, because tshuva is not only for averos, not only for transgressions. And even a tzaddik who doesn't do an avero also has to do tshuva. But what kind of tshuva are we talking about? Because tshuva has different levels. And this is the avodah of tshuva for the tzaddik, where we say, as what Mamelech says, Haru asher that the spirit returns to God who gave it to one in the first place so such a jew is very great this is a higher kind of tshuva that's about returning to one source not about repenting for averos so what does this have to do with a paraduma that comes to make pure one who has got gone so low even outside of the machana not of kohanim and leviyim but even outside of the machana of yisrael of regular jews which is chutz the tzaddik is pnim. nothing could be more inner more close than the tzaddik therefore we learn what is this mitzvah of paraduma really it's a mitzvah where the ashes have to be ready have to be available for anyone who needs them these have to be kept lamishmeres tadir always because even the tzaddik has an injunction that we learn there is no guarantee for anyone that they will not do a sin. As we learn in Pirkei Avos, we know the famous story of Yochno Kohen Gadol, who served as a Kohen Gadol for so many years, and at the end of his life, he went off to the Sadokim, and he fell down lower. So it says, do not believe in yourself, until the day that the person dies, because a person can never know any moment that he is alive, there is no guarantee that he may not fall through and do some kind of an avera. We also have another postal King Kohelis that says, ain't asher yasa tov v'lo There is no such thing as a tzadik in the land who does only good and doesn't sin. So it doesn't necessarily mean a gross sin, a gross transgression, but we know that the word yachta, he will sin, is from the root of chet. And The word doesn't necessarily mean sin, but it means a lack that something is lacking. There could be something lacking, not necessarily a sin, but perhaps something was not done as completely as it could be done. There's always a higher level that could be reached that wasn't reached. And therefore, the tzaddik has to do tshuva. Then we have another category or we could say, what about the tzaddik who never did a sin? but such a tzaddik, we know it says in Chazal that there were four people that left this world, not because they were like all people and may have had some kind of flaw, perhaps, but only because it, it means that Hashem brought death into the world as a result of the advice that the nochash gave Adam and Chava, that the serpent gave Adam and Chava. So people have to die even if they are the holiest and the most righteous. So here the Rebbe brings a very interesting explanation from the Rizal. In Chumsh Dvarim, when we learn about a certain Averos and their punishments, we uh, learn over there that the, the person who gets punished for doing something really, really terrible relating to Hashem and doing what he's not supposed to, he gets punished. And then the person has to be Talisa Oso oh, Al Aids, he has to be hanged on an eighth on a tree. So the Barizal explains, what does it mean, Viz Salisa Oso oh, Al Aids? You hang it, you pin it on the tree, that when there is such a thing as a person perhaps who never has any kind of Aveira, because it's really the Aveira that causes death. So Hare Talisa Oso oh, Al Aids. Maybe there's no reason for him to leave this world, whatever Hashem considers the reason or whatever it is, that death is in the world, but all people do leave this world ultimately. and perhaps it can be based on the reason that it's because of the hate hate hadas that brought death into the world. But even then, the fact that such a person can be affected in some way by the fact that there was a hate hate hadas shows that he has some kind of connection to the death that was brought in by the Nachash, when he advised Chava to eat from the tree. And therefore, for that alone, if for nothing else, the person has to have some kind of tshuva. Because obviously he's not so worried about this ith yoshel about this Eitzah that came from the Nachash, And if he's not that concerned with it, that it doesn't bother him, it could bring him down to a lower level. How much more so when we think about one of the teachings of our Chachamim that says that any generation in which the Beis Hamikdash is not built in its time is considered as if that generation caused the Beis Hamikdash to be destroyed. That's on the negative side. And on the positive side, we all know this teaching that if a person, one person does one mitzvah, with that one mitzvah, one person is able to uh, make a balance that he and the whole world are on one side of the scale, and this weighs over everything else. He balances the fact that everything is perfect. The mitzvahs are higher. With his mitzvah, he makes that side of the scale go higher, and this could bring the coming of Mashiach. Now, the Rebbe says it in these words. So a person sees that we're still in golos, and we're what kind of golos? The end of the goal is the time of Mashiach, where the darkness is a double darkness. It's representative of the chutz that we spoke about before the outside and Mashiach still hasn't come. So maybe, why didn't Mashiach come? So the person should realize that maybe this is because of him as we just explained. As long as the Geula is not here it's considered the Rebbe says as if that generation has destroyed the base Hamikdash. And when a person stops to think about it, that Mashiach is not here, so maybe I'm the cause of that, it definitely arouses in a person a kind of tshuva. The Rebbe says, tshuva kibshuta, The uh, uh, literal tshuva, but in the highest level. So now we're going to get to the conclusion of the sikha, where we're going to talk about this idea of tshuva that is a foundation principle not only for ordinary jews but even for a so let's go and see what the rebbe says here now we know we just learned that indeed the tshuva has to always be ready for a person to do we spoke about the fact that the ashes of the faraduma have to always be ready for use but if a person is really a righteous person and does what's right, the person will think, OK, I'm serving Hashem. And in addition to my regular avoda, I have to also be aware that I always have to be able to take from these ashes to always do tshuva because the person could think he has nothing to do with chutz machanos. he has nothing to do with the outside, with the negative. And he is not he doesn't really have to do tshuva because of his own sins, because he doesn't have any sins, but only because there is such a thing as death in the world and as long as it exists. He must have something, some connection to it, so it's not something that he chooses, but he'll do tshuva because he has to, but this is not his basic avoda. This is just something in addition. He's above it. Therefore, we learn that what is parshas para, it's so important without it, we, no Jew can do the Karban Pesach. It comes. Parshas Parah comes before Parshas Achodesh because this Taharoson shall call Yisroel. Every single yid, without exception, needs the kind of tara that comes from the Duma, which we discussed spiritually before. And more than that, this has to be the foundation of one's complete service, one's complete avodas Hashem. In other words. The Chodesh, the Carbon Pesach, which is the idea of Parsha Chodesh, and cannot happen until the Paraduma happens, as the Medrash tells us that the Chok, the Law, the Statute of Paraduma is even greater than the Law of Carbon Pesach, because to eat the Carbon Pesach, you cannot eat the Carbon Pesach without preceding it first with the Paraduma. So, what does this mean, in Ruchnius? Those who eat the carbon Pesach, which means those that are already pure and perfect, this refers to the vote of the Tzaddikim. And those who eat the Karban Pesach, which would mean the Tzaddikim, they must also first have the inion of Tshuva because there cannot be carbon Pesach without the purification of the Paraduma. So now, even if we're talking about a Tzaddik, the Rebbe says, the fact is, that this tzaddik who is on this earth has the freedom of choice to do what's right, but he also has that freedom of choice to perhaps do what's not right. So that indicates that as long as a person is here, al-ha'aretz, on this earth, he has that option, and therefore there is something in his avoda that he's not completely so nullified, yet completely so nullified to Hashem. Therefore, the tzaddik, because he is the one who's doing the right thing, but he feels himself. Therefore, also the tzaddik requires the tara of the paraduma. And therefore, in ruchnias, he has to sort of purify himself from the feeling that he is doing what he has to do. He is feeling himself, and this is through tshuva, which would be the embitterment about the fact that he's not so completely, absolutely bottled to Hashem. And only through this a kind of tshuva that he is able to be mevatel himself completely is he able to then go and eat the karbon Pesach, meaning what does Pesach mean? Pesach means jumping over, leaping over, going beyond limits until he's able to eat it. In other words, until this ability to go beyond all limitations and to be completely one with Hashem and not feel any sense of self this becomes part of him. When we eat, it becomes part of our flesh and blood. When we eat the Karban Pesach, when we have this kind of uh, relationship with Hashem, then we are just fine. But it could only come about the eating of the Pesach through the doing of tshuva. And now the Rebbe concludes by indicating that this is what is going to bring the Geula closer. So we'll just conclude by reviewing what the Rebbe says in the last part of the Sikha, that everything we said applies even to what Sadik, and how much more so the avodah of tshuva, the avodah of paraduma, in other words, has to also apply to a banani because a banani sometimes can have a thought to do an avera, even though the Alter Rebbe says that the Bainani, as soon as he gets that negative thought in his heart, he's able to push it away, with both his hands. But the fact is that once he has that urge or the thought of an urge to do an Aveira, it proves that he is not yet completely fulfilling of the oath that a Jew is administered before he comes down into this world to hit tzaddik and the Be'nani has to do tshuva. And how much more so regular Jews who are below the level of a Be'nani. They wish they could be a Be'nani about the avod of every single person that every single person has to do tshuva on averos Kibshutam, and after that he's able to serve hashem the way he has to and bring carbon pesach. and by means of this avod of tshuva which parshas Pura represents we are able immediately to go on to Parshas hachodesh we don't have a time in between. We go from one Shabbos with Parshas Porah immediately to the next Shabbos to read Parshas HaChodesh, which we'll be reading in Ritz Hashem next week because Parshas HaChodesh is all about HaChodesh HaZelachem, this month, this first month, this month of Nisan, this month of, of Geula, absolute Geulah. so through the avodah of Tshuva of Parshas Porah we cause immediately without any Shabbos in between, without any type of pause without any type of hepsik. miyad, the Rebbe says, miyad, umiyad, and immediately, hey, negolin, we will be redeemed as we have the teaching of Chazal ben Nisan, Asidim li-goyl. in the month of Nisan, we will be redeemed, and this should be because of Mamish, may it be speedily in our day, even before we get to read the Parsha of HaChodesh, Thank you very much, and we be merit to learn Parsha Sachodesh already in the Beis Hamikdash with Moshiach.